Welcome to Locarno Meets, where the most exciting new talent and established legends of cinema come to chat about art, life, movies, and everything in between. Brought to you by UBS and hosted by me, Alexander Miller, from Locarno Film Festival. Never work with children or animals, they say. And on those terms, Luc Jacquet has failed miserably. Still, animals didn't stop him from winning an Oscar for his documentary March of the Penguins. And now, as if to compound this folly, he's been honoured with the Kids Award at Locarno Film Festival. Jacquet also presented his new movie, Antarctica Calling, a documentary retracing the route he first took to the South Pole decades ago. But... On the night of the screening in Locarno's piazza, the event was briefly halted by climate change activists, who Luc Jacquet had the chance to meet and talk to on the street afterwards. I express my doubt about their action. I'm very in empathy with them about what they are looking for. And, uh, but I'm not sure that the hardest solution <laughs> almost violence is the best way. But in the same time, for me, this is like an epiphenomena about what we could be worried about because this generation, I have four children, this new generation is very worried about the future. And in the same times, it seems that there is no political answer to their questions. Mm. And for me, there is a huge danger not to consider what they are looking for and what they are asking until we will not have decent political response to a new society. We will live with the risk of that people get more and more radical. Yeah. Because in the same times they have the legitimacy to say that. So in the same time, I was not surprised yesterday evening, but it was cool to talk with them afterwards. And I was just worried about the children on the screen who prepared the thing. And I said to them, why did you didn't ask me on the steps, uh, before the steps? It would be a pleasure for me to share a moment with you because uh, I understand what you are looking for and what you are asking for. I mean, it's quite hard to imagine a political solution. So far, we are living in a democracy. Mm. And so far we can vote. And so far, if we are not agree with the system, we can engage ourselves in the political life. Um, but this is a wise <laughs> answer. But I think when, when you're at a certain level, when you are so upset that you have the feeling that you can have no solution, no wise solution. So you try, this is the beginning of the terrorism. Yeah. And I'm very worried about that because till we stay in the frame of the civilization, it's okay, we can discuss. But on many subjects now, you can see that this is very difficult to talk together. Man and woman, mm. ecologists and hunters, for example, there is so many antagonism in, in this society. And for me, the more important is to find the field where we can talk together again, mm. uh, decently with, uh, with attention. And, my answer is an artistic uh, answer for that. Go back to the emotion. I don't know how many people were there yesterday evening, but it was a lot. It was a lot. And it was a good starting point to talk together because we shared all together a moment. It was maybe the opportunity to talk about something. Mm. 
Yeah, the universality of the beauty of the planet, I guess, is one thing that we can all kind of um, come together on. I, I guess the, the question is how you how you move on from the awe and the splendor into a more dynamic conversation. Yes, in a way, it could be a very naive answer. Go back to the nature. But do you have a better solution? <laughs> I tried many, many solutions. I sure that uh, working hand in hand with the scientists is something important mm. help them to communicate mm. they know how to communicate together scientific to scientific but the knowledge is maybe harder to go back to the wider society so this is something very crucial i mean i also actually think that quite a lot of the information has been spread quite successfully yeah. by lots of filmmakers, lots of writers, you're lots right, of journalists. Right. Yeah. I, I think that probably the next step is actually just explaining to people, okay, well, from a, a to Z, here are the things that might happen to you and here are all the practical things that you can do. And lots of people won't like it, but a small number of people might listen. Yes, um, I this continuity in my relationship with the nature mm. because uh, my generation is in between. Mm. My children now is, are concerned by that. But when I uh, start to be an adult, for me, the idea of the progress was something unless uh, we are raised in this idea about the society, the happiness, everything are going to be a slope like that. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And I'm old enough now to know that. But I feel to have a legitimacy to stay in the planet. I have no problem to be who I am, wherever I am. And um, I think this is very different for the new generation. The film is somewhat elegiac. Does it feel like a, a farewell to Antarctica or not? Yes, there is a kind of nostalgia mm -hmm. because uh, it's a matter of age. This uh, region is something very important for me because I, I was built with the, 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 the need of these places in the world. This is my garden, if I may say. And there is also a very strong nostalgia about the world, the natural world I'm talking about is going to be smaller and smaller. And as I say uh, in the film, do we still have places for dreamers, for people who are liking the big spaces, the big wide in general? And I feel that the the feeling of a landscape is not something valuable in terms of economy, but, but for the soul, but for the people, for the cultural aspect is something huge because the landscape is something where you are growing in. And if you remove this, the, the, the relationship of the landscape, the places where you are coming from, there is for me like a break in your cultural line. I really now push to give at least a cultural value to the feeling of the nature, to the landscapes. Just an example now, if you get out from a city, you are driving for sometimes minutes or hours in very ugly places because we don't care about now mm -hmm. the nature of the building. We don't care about the beauty of the world. Means that in our day-to-day -day life, we are swimming in an ugly world. And for me, there is an, an impact in the soul of the people. It's not obvious at the beginning, but day after day, for me, there is, we are using ourselves to live in an ugly world. And for me, humankind at least need 
the feeling of the highness, the feeling of the beauty, the feeling of being sublime, someone. Yeah. Yes, the sublime. You're right. Over the you know decades that you've been going there, how much have you seen the landscape change? It's always tricky to say because I was scientist and I know that you need the long term study to understand sure. what's happened and. I 100% trust about the IPCC report, and I have a lot of connection with friends who are researchers, and they say, uh, we see something, and we document something, and we prove something. And I trust them, but maybe a small anecdote. Last time I was in a daily land uh, for shooting, I experienced the first time the rain. For me, in Antarctica, there is no rain. You have only snowfalls. But in Antarctica, the Adelie penguins, for example, their cheeks, their feathers are not waterproof. Mm. So if it's raining, they are dying from cold because they don't know how to deal with this. And one year, 100% of the cheeks, Adelie penguin cheeks, die because of the rain. This is only the rain. Just to, just to prove that uh, the changing is not very spectacular. We are not talking about a majordome coming back and scratching everything. We are only talking about a few drops of water. This is what we are talking about, about the climate disturbance. You know, I did actually want to just talk about a bit more of some of the creative decisions. You make a couple of kind of quite loud creative choices. You go into color a couple of moments. You reverse the film a couple of times. What, what, what are you trying to get at with those moments? For me, uh, I would like to make a film more in aesthetic and poetic way than a describing way. Mm. We have a lot of documentaries about Antarctica. If you want to see the color of penguins, you just go to YouTube or Instagram or whatever, and you have plenty of things. But for me, this trip is very personal. And uh, we are talking about the cinema language. And for me, the idea was to share the emotion I can be able to feel when I'm there and try to use as much as possible the language of the cinema uh, to share this emotion. And for me, going to the black and white was a way to say, don't look the front uh, image, go into the image to feel the beauty, to feel the emotion, to feel the sound, etc., etc. So the impression of the film was more important than the straight description of what we were talking about. When, when did the idea for the film come about? Oh, it was two years ago. And someone asked me to, to make a trip in Antarctica. And I say, yes. And I say, why oh, I do answer so fast? I went there several times and I'm always ready to go again and again and again. What does it mean? And I discovered that uh, it was like the 30th anniversary of my first start to Antarctica. I say, during 30 years, I'm still upset by the same place in the world. Mm -hmm. And I, naturally speaking, I'm very curious about all the natural world and all the world, but I'm upset about Antarctica. But all the people who had the chance to stay one day, a single day in Antarctica, have the will to come back again. Uh, in English, I guess you, you, you call it uh, Antarctic bite, yeah. la morsure de l'Antarctique. We share all the guys from the, the very beginning of the uh, Antarctic discovery and expedition till now, you have this strange virus uh, shared by all the people we what went is there. It? Is it about staring off the edge of the world or is it about being at the door of heaven? I don't... 
Uh, for me, the answer is in the film. Is <laughs> the film itself? <laughs> because uh, I think that the world are. Uh, useless to try to explain this feeling. Of course, you have the power of the beauty. Of course, you have the power of the removeness. Of course, you have the power of the element. You are far away. You have also the feeling uh, that you can, uh, you can feel in the space. When you are in Antarctica, you have the feeling to be above the world, be able to think all the world. This is a strange feeling, but it gives you a certain point of view, like a very strong empathy with the planet. So all this stuff together, and of course the human relationship in Antarctica are, are absolutely different than in the rest of the world, because you need the solidarity. You need the group to stay alive. You can do nothing by yourself. You feel so weak when you're in Antarctica, when you're in the middle of nowhere, you are nothing, purely nothing. And in the same times, you are nothing in a huge beauty. And it gives you a very strong personal experience about your own places in the world. I would say nothing, but not really nothing. You have to deal with this. Do you miss it when you're not there? Yes, all the time. Yeah, there's a line in the film where you say it's very hard to feel at peace yeah. once you've been there. Yes, because um, if we can only talk about the connection with the penguins, the emperor penguins, Mm. The more I go, the more I feel lucky to be able to stay in peace side to side with an animal. It's impossible elsewhere in the world. And in Antarctica, you can make several steps with the penguins. Afterward, you say, okay, bye-bye. He continues his life and you, you continue your life. But the several minutes or seconds spent together are priceless because it's so peaceful. It drives you to think it's possible in a way. We are not by fate obliged to be enemy. <laughs> you are not obliged to be prey and hunters. Antarctica for me is a very interesting school about our own places in the nature. Do you have an emotional relationship with the penguins? What do you think they represent for you in life? Now, they are birds. <laughs> Basically, sure. so, but uh, of course, they occupied a huge space uh, in my own history because uh, uh, through them, uh, my life absolutely changed hundred mm. uh, percent from uh, what it was expected <laughs> when I did my studies. But uh, really, I'm amazed. I it's always hard to describe that, but I'm really amazed by their charisma. Mm. and uh, by their beauty. And again, it's so far to go there. It's not a, if you have, if you were able to go when you want, you know that each trip there is a privilege. Each trip there is painful to finance. It's a lot of time spending to do nothing in a boat, in a plane, in a helicopter, in whatever. But uh, it, I don't know how many months I spent doing nothing, just traveling from a place to another to go in Antarctica, waiting the good weather. Mm. But at the end of that, um, the emotion is huge. I know, I know that you have said that, you know, you don't have any particular answers about the climate. Nobody does, but for, you know, young filmmakers, young documentarians out there who would undoubtedly look up to you on the matter what would you suggest would be the kind of the best response that 
filmmakers can have to the crisis? Does it stop making films and just become a politician? No, if your destiny or if your skills, your own skill is to make film, let's make film. If your skills are to make politics, let's make politics. I think if everybody in this planet would respond uh, with their own talents, with their own skills, I think the better the world would be better probably. But uh, I don't know if the school is ready to <laughs> to drive the people to their own very peculiar talents, but the, their own peculiar skills. But no, really, it's a matter of it's useless to make film if you are not made for me to be a filmmaker. Sure. And uh, if everybody follows his life, his path with the conviction that he has to go there, this is for me the good beginning i was very impressed it was a bit frustrating yesterday to spend time with the with, with the kids here because um, i was very surprised about the heaviness of the topics they would consider to make their new film yeah. it was very heavy it was not about uh, writing stories between i don't know love or adventure of uh, climbing mountains or, no it was the relationship between the genders. It was the relationship between the, the climate change. How How is going to be our future? Mm. Wow, guys, you are 14. Play, enjoy. And they did not. I'm very concerned by that. My, my children carry something very heavy. Our children are carrying something very heavy. And uh, the less that we can do is to give them hope, yeah. to give them the desire of simple life. We have to give them uh, the desire same to play, to be light, and in the same time to be responsible. And the less we can do is probably to inspire them. But inspiring a generation means that you have to be exemplar. And this is very difficult to be exemplar. Of course, we cannot to be 100% exemplar but uh, at least yes we have to give them hope and the tools maybe to find their own uh, way to express what they feel i mean i guess i guess my last you know question would be that tragically perhaps these very serious 14 year olds are making logically the right choice by not dreaming and just by being kind of focused purely on the issue because you know the problems are not going to go away uh, there is no way to escape. <laughs> we have to face the problem. We have to, for example, the people we are believing that we can have an option to go on the moon or on Mars, for example. I'm suggest that they would come for several days in Antarctica, in the middle of the South Pole, just to experience what does it mean to stay in the middle of nowhere by minus 90 degrees, 100 kilometers per hour of wind. And they are going to experience just nothing compared to Mars condition or to, to the moon condition. So we have no option. So for me, we have to face, we have to solve the problem by ourselves because ourselves, I mean the humankind, are the only concern by the problems. The nature by itself doesn't care about the human. So um, now the idea is to find a solution. But in the same way, it doesn't mean that we don't have the right to enjoy the life, to enjoy the places. We have the right to travel. We have the right to stay in the nature. We have the right to eat. We have the right to drink water and whatever. 
And for me, this is something very important. We have the legitimacy to stay in this planet because we are part of this planet. So, of course, heavy topics, but in the same times, we really have to enjoy our life. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks again to Luke. This has been Locarno Meets, a podcast from Locarno Film Festival brought to you by UBS. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods. This has been a true anti-classic production hosted by me, Alexander Miller, and produced by Jack Boswell.